Hey everybody, welcome to Caffeinated Humor. You know, there's two perspectives that I really want to push today. And the first is being in a place you don't want to be. Because nothing makes, it may have been an unpleasant place to begin with, but then your head gets behind the idea that you don't want to be there and it becomes magnified. Everything that could be a little annoying is a lot annoying. It's kind of like eating a meal you don't want to eat. If there was a little bit of extra salt, then there's way too much salt. You know, you're looking for things to be wrong. And I'm that way when it comes to coffee places. You know, Starbucks is my preference, but that can also depend on the the crowd. Uh, I was in a nondescript coffee place up in Portland, Oregon once, and it was just this incredible crowd. The coffee was shit. I mean, the caffeine was there. That's why I'm doing it, but... It was this amazing group of people. One guy broke out a guitar and, and all of a sudden he played at the table and then was suddenly up on this little mini stage on the other side of the room. And it took what may have been, what could have been a crappy little place and made it this incredible place. And then when it comes to coffee places, you don't want to be at. And I, I've given you the list before. Uh, some coffee places I accuse of possibly teabagging their coffee in the back room before they put it in these urns so it can be nice and lukewarm when you taste it. Some places have a much higher opinion of themselves than they really should. You know, they're, they're very hung up on the idea of where their coffee came from. It might be shitty coffee, but it came from the right place. I actually heard a woman once arguing with somebody over a phone that where you get your Mercedes from is really what depend, determines that it's a great car. That it could be the best Mercedes ever, but if you bought it in a crappy place, it's less. I'm not sure I understand the wisdom of that one. It seems like, you know, what, why even involve the car? Why not just make sure that you're always at that other place? That place that makes everything better. And then the other thing is, people with too much time on their hands. And this always seems to be coupled with having too much money on their hands. Too much time, too much money. Uh, you find these people inventing clubs and committees and really getting in depth and in detail on these things that are just not that big a deal. And that's annoying because so many people have this and it's so important to them that they, they can't seem to understand that you don't give a shit about it. I once had somebody try and explain to me why... God, what was it? It was party light candles. These little candles that are ridiculously expensive. When they burn, they don't leave behind any wax. Go figure. Okay, what's the wax made of? It was a religion for them. Every time they started talking about it, they had to like put a hand on my forearm, get very serious, drop their voice a touch. Okay, you're not talking about the rebirth of the way made flesh. We're talking about candles here. That's it. I mean, I've heard a meth head talk about his greatest binge he's ever had. It was the most interesting, weird thing I've ever seen on YouTube. It was this guy who went in detail about the greatest, and I thought he was jerking off him when he was saying it because there was just almost an orgasmic look on his face. But he was into it. That's his thing. That's great, but if that's not your thing, like, don't get me wrong, I've never really tried meth. So I don't have an opinion on it one way or the other other than observation. I've seen it ruin somebody's life. I don't know that I've ever run into anybody that had a helpful story about how meth really saved the day. Meth kept them going and kept them happy and 
No, it's always like this hideous, you know, horror story of what the hell happened when meth came to town. Those two seemingly unconnected things, the perspectives and the, the people with too much time and money, is what kind of ravels itself into today's episode, Dante's Inferno and the Council, on today's Caffeinated Humor. Inferno is the first part of Dante Alighieri's epic poem. It was, among other things, a description of hell. Whether or not it's accurate, it got him in Dutch with the church and he died an outcast. Now why do we care? Because I think I'm in one of the circles of hell he described. Actually, it's just being on the coffee bean for the second day in a row, but that's where my head's at. It's like deciding to go to Siberia or to be repeatedly waterboarded. It's not as crowded today as it was yesterday, and there are empty seats. I am assuming that a half dozen of yesterday's aged customers have passed away overnight. I say a little prayer for them as I wait for the overly cheerful cashier to pour my coffee. The last place I want to be sitting is in the corner, the so-called nose taster seat. All odors, good and bad, flow to that corner. I finally settle into a single seat on the side of two larger tables that just opened up. Now, the moment I get settled, a large group of ladies come through the door. And they so do not belong here. First off, they are dressed entirely too nice for the coffee bean. And this is in Manhattan Beach, California. I mean, a hospital gown with paper slippers would not be out of place here. But high-end fur, leather, and Gucci, they don't fit here. Now, a trio of the group, let's call them the council, rush over to secure the two tables. I am glared at openly by the trio, possibly for wearing a hoodie. Now, once the entire council has secured their coffee, gotten their pastry on, they bring the meeting to order. Now, from rudely listening in, I happen to pick up the following. This is actually the Ladies' Committee associated with the Manhattan Beach, California Country Club. Due to renovations, their conference room at the Country Club is not available, and it is a huge inconvenience. It is also known that the concierge at the country club is not from a good family, and it shows. Now, all these women have known each other for years, yet they felt the need to take role. If you openly snicker at anything that goes on, the entire council stops and glares at you. Prior to discussing any actual council business, there has to be a discussion about who to contact that could not be at the meeting. Some discussion went on concerning their ailments, addictions, and conditions. Now, someone named Betty should not be contacted, as she fell off the wagon the day before and called someone named Emily on the phone and shouted obscenities at her. In a solid hour and 15 minutes, no actual business was discussed, near as I could figure. So try as I may, I could not discern anything that the council actually does, other than gossip, bitch, and glare at me. I wonder what they do when I'm not there. Is it just gossip and, and bitch? So I take my overpriced Papa New Guinea swill and I head down the road. I witnessed something out of the ordinary today. People that are rich enough and have enough time on their hands to be absolutely useless to the world, and yet completely convinced that they are really performing an important task. 
Now, the only bright spot in all this is that it's a one out of three shot that the Papua New Guinea roast is going to give me a bad case of the shits. I would be willing to suffer through that if it meant punishing them as well. God, I am kind of petty at times. Have a good day. Hey, hope you liked today's episode. Like it, subscribe to it. Hell, there's a link around here to help support it. But most importantly, listen to more episodes. You can also go to Amazon. You're going to find a series of books under the name Caffeinated Humor based on the podcast. Take care and have a great day. Mm-hmm.